eternal God, our Father, we thank you for a brand new day. We thank you for allowing us to come into this sacred space. We thank you, Lord, for 118 years of ministry in not just in this city, not just in this state, but in the nation and around the world. We thank you, Lord, for the one you placed here, the angel of this house, Bishop Benjamin K. Watts. We thank you for Lady Cynthia Watts. We pray, oh God, you will continue to crown both their heads with wisdom, anoint them afresh. Thank you for their children. Now, Lord, not for sure, for fashion, or the accolades of people. But Lord, I desire to be used by you. Hide me behind thy cross. Let David decrease and your holy presence and spirit increase. That your word will go forth with clarity, simplicity, and with power. That someone may ask the question, what must I do to be saved? Thank you, Lord. Let the words of my mouth, meditation of my heart, be acceptable to thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Grace and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. It's good to be here. First and foremost, let me say thank you to your wonderful, awesome preaching pastor in the person of Bishop K. Watts. Thank you, sir, for, for first and foremost, for the invitation. I say to him, publicly what I said already privately. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Um, your pastor, you already know, um, knows so many people. So many people. So many people he could have asked. And he was kind enough to ask this high yellow brother. And I'm, <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I, I don't get out much, but when I do go out, I'm appreciative of that opportunity. So thank you, Bishop. Thank you. It's always good to be near and be with his wife. God bless you, my sister. Amen. Lady Cynthia Watts, who from the time I met her over 25, close to 30 years, and has always been kind, gracious, encouraging. I don't know how you put up with Ben, but God bless you. Don't, but God bless you. Um, I, I feel like I'm home. Um, I feel like I'm home. Um, from the time we came in Bishop's office, we just have been laughing and talking. And Bishop had to remind us that we had to go out and worship because we were just, just back there laughing and talking and catching up. And I see so many familiar faces. I don't won't call nobody's name because I will forget somebody. And then you won't want to fight me in, in the parking lot. And um, I'm saved most of the time. So, so. The, the Lord is still working on me. Um, 
He's still working on me. My, my wife and I both pray a prayer, Lord, work in my members. And, and I'm happy to be here. Thank, for, God, thank God for my wife, Reverend Tracy Penn. Thank you for being here. Uh, we've been, this is our 30th year of marriage. We've been married 30 years. And Bishop, what we are doing, we're celebrating the whole year. We're celebrating the whole year, the whole year, the whole year. We, we are blessed with five adult grown children. Grown children. Five adult grown children. And they have not given their mother and I any kind of worries. And I praise God for that. I praise God for that. Um, they all have their own relationship with the Lord. And I thank God for that. Because um, Bishop and Lady Cynthia knows that sometimes children of pastors, when they get grown, they don't want to be a part of anybody's church by virtue of what they see their parents go through. But I praise God that I share with my children, no matter what challenges I may have, that's not for you to say that you don't want to be part of the Lord's church. So I'm honored to have my, I have one son, my son who, we, his birth name is David Jr. But as he's gotten older, he's David the makeover version. Uh, stand up, DP, if you don't mind. That's my son. And as, as you can see, he's a full-grown man. And he said he wanted to come and see Bishop and Lady Cynthia. He said he would drive us up here. And it was just fun coming up on the highway, just having fun. So thank you, son. I appreciate you. Um, I was doing all right until I got in Bishop's office. I made a comment. I told my son and my wife, I said, I'm not going to say a word. I'm going to bite my tongue, you know, because I'm a guest today. I'm a guest. And I get in Bishop's office, and the first comment I made, which was not a negative comment, it was a positive comment. I said, you know, your office looks different. Because years ago when I came to desk was somewhere else, and he said, yeah, my wife did this, and I had to keep it up. I said, okay, it's very nice. It looks very nice in here. Then all of a sudden, the tenor of the conversation changed. <laughs> and some things, you know, you, you, you can't help but, you know, I don't, I don't have a filter at times. I just say, yeah, this is blue in here. <laughs> it's blue. All right. And then they bring me a blue cup. I said, uh-huh, I see. Then all the brothers come in with their blue on. And then one rascal comes in. He gonna hug me, tell me he love me. It's good to see you. And then he gonna talk about why the sky is blue. <laughs> and all this craziness language, you know. And I sat there biting my tongue. But then the Holy Spirit opened my eyes. Because in the midst of all of that blue, like Tupac Shakur would say, a rose in the midst of concrete. And the Holy Spirit tapped me on the show, David, 
Lady Watts got on purple. So I eased and looked at Sister Watts. And I said, Lord, I thank you. And then Bishop puts the monitor on and um, Bishop, you know, he had a, he almost kind of choked a little bit. Cause the choir, you know, we looking at the monitor and he had to take another look. And said so the choir got on purple. And I was saying, Shondo, <laughs> glory, you know. Now, I, you know, um, I can't help what you join. I wasn't there. And, you know, you brothers who are that stuff, you know, the altar is open. That's all I'm gonna say, the altar's open. The altar's open. The altar's open. And I'm gonna leave that alone. <laughs> but I'm just honored to be here. I'm grateful to be here. And I know I'm gonna hear about this after service, so. Son, get the car ready. <laughs> um, on, a, on a serious note, I, one of Bishop's cousins and I, we work together. Um, I'm a substance abuse counselor in New Haven. And the guys know I'm a minister. And every, every time we, we, I run my groups, and after the group is over, a couple of guys want to stay back and talk. And on one occasion, they were talking about preachers in New Haven. And um, I said, oh, here we go again. And I listened to what they experienced. And then one brother mentioned your pastor's name, Bishop Wasak. I said, okay, what are you going to say? And I said, now be careful what you say. And I said that about the other preachers also. But what they said about those other guys, there was some truth to that. It wasn't good, but there was some truth to that. And this young brother said to me, he said, well, he come to, she's come to Shallow every now and then. He's not a member, but he know people who, who work with him and encourage him. And he said, he said, Red, what I appreciate about Bishop Watts, his hands are clean. Y'all missed that. Y'all missed that. Let, let me say that again. I'm, I'm a substance abuse counselor. I work with young men in and out of probation and parole. This wrong young man, he, he lives in New Haven, but there are people from this church, I didn't ask who they were, he said every now and then they pick him up from New Haven, give him breakfast, bring him here. He's not a member, but he said every opportunity he sees Bishop Ross, he said he sits and he get the sense, he's, you know, he's, he said, he said, Rev, I don't know him like you know. He said, but I can say this without a shadow of doubt, his hands are clean. <laughs> all right, let me, let me say, all right, I, I work in New Haven. I'm a substance abuse counselor. I work with young men who look like us, who carry a blunt in their ear. You can see their underwear. They don't give a ham sandwich about the church, but this brother who lives in New Haven, not a member here, but somebody here who I do not know, pick him up, feed him breakfast, bring him to church. He hears the word and he says every time he leaves this place, he said, you know what? That man's hands is clean. 
All right. So I, 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 I'm just saying, I'm, I'm just saying, Bishop, I love you, man. You just don't know. Um, a lot of the guys come through, and your name always comes up with a man who has clean hands. And um, yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm just saying to you, Shallow, and something you already know, but I'm just gonna reiterate it. You have a jewel of a pastor. You have a jewel of a pastor. You have a jewel of a pastor. You have a jewel. You have a jewel. And so, man, I, I love you. I thank God for you from the time. We've known each other for 30 years, and we don't talk all the time. But just know I love you, man. I appreciate you. From the time I met you, you've been the same. You've been consistent. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Uh, what I love about your pastor, he has a standard. And he does not believe in lowering the standard. And I appreciate that, man. All right, I, you know, I, I, all right. Um, also, I didn't get a chance to tell you, Bishop, because I was discombobulated by the blue. Uh, on November, when was the election day? November 6th? Third asked me to be their pastor. Yeah, they asked me to be their pastor. So, so. I wasn't looking for it, just was going to try to help him, but they asked me to be a pastor. So pray for Third Baptist of Suffield, Connecticut. Thank you, choir, for, for blessing us. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Musicians, God bless you. Thank you so much. The Gospel of John, chapter 9. You get great preaching every Sunday. So... Thank you for saying that. Thank you. Only one person said this. I say it one more time. You get great preaching every Sunday. And um, so, so um, I'm not coming anything with any deep, profound theological treaties. Just uh, uh, my feeble attempt at a Sunday school lesson. The Gospel of John, chapter 9. want to start at verse 18. I'm reading from the New King James Version of the sacred text. The wording may be different from what you may have, but the content is the same. The Gospel of John, chapter 9, starting at verse 18. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him who had received his sight. And they asked them, saying, Is this your son you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But by what means he now sees, we do not know. Or who opened his eyes, we do not know. He is of age. Ask him. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that he was Christ, 
he will be put out of the synagogue. The word of God for the people of God to the glory of God, praise be unto God. Verse 22, his parents said these things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that he was Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. I want to say a brief word with the help of the Holy Spirit. Praise God anyhow. Praise God anyhow. Solicit your prayers. Bishop, my um, oldest brother um, was recently consecrated as an apostle in the Lord's Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. And he and I recently had a conversation about the local church. And even though he and I may differ on um, uh, theological understanding on some things, um, he and I both agreed that we live in a day that there are people who will come to church but don't want to be the church. Um, when we come into the sacred space, I'm a firm believer the Lord has an expectation of that when we come in sacred space, how we ought to conduct ourselves. When my son was playing football, his mother and I did not sit together at the football game. I'm an introvert. My wife has a loud voice. And she let everybody know number 52 was her son. His, his name was not on the back of his jersey. And when it was time for him to come out, because he played defense and the offense had to get on the field, she would scream at the coach, put him back in. <laughs> but she did what was expected because she was at a football game. Um, Bishop Watts, back in the day, growing up in Harlem, I used to go to parties. Don't judge me. <laughs> back in the day, uh, I used to wear, uh, I had a big sweatshirt called uh, Run DMC. And uh, yeah, and I had a rope gold chain. All right, and I had on white and black Adidas. And a black fedora. All right, and when I went to Harlem World, or the Red Rooster, or Barclays, right? Everybody knew red was on the floor. But I did what was expected of me in the club. I am a member of the greatest 
organization. And I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. But when I'm with my bros, I do what is expected of me to do when I'm with my bros. When I come into the house of prayer, the Lord has an expectation of David Eugene Penn Sr. to do that which would I confess. I can't come to church and just sit there. Now, and, I, and I understand we all worship differently, and I get that. But I cannot, knowing what I know, what the Lord has done thus far, I cannot come in and do the opposite of what is expected of me. In our text, we, we see how people who have position and title will try to stifle one's praise unto the Lord. I pray you still have your Bibles open. Let's walk through this text together if you don't mind. In the Gospel of John, chapter 9, in the text, we see how some leaders in a local faith community were trying to not applaud and not try to celebrate what happened from a young brother who was at one time blind but now has received his sight. Um, and I always share with people in order to understand the text, people of God, let's have to look at the context. Context we see in the Gospel of John chapter 9. Jesus is walking with his disciples. The latter portion of chapter 8 of the Gospel of chapter 9, Jesus had already declared before Abraham was, I am. And so now him and his disciples, they're walking and they see a brother who's blind. And the disciples raised an interesting question. Lord, who did sin? Did his mama sin? Did his daddy sin? Who in the family line sinned? And the first thing I want us to understand, people of God, if, we, if you and I will praise God anyhow, we, we praise God anyhow based on information. Here it is. Lord, who did sin? Information they're looking for because the information they had was understanding that, that in, in Hebraic culture, culture Palestine, Palestine biblical history says that anytime a person was born with some type of physical challenge was because mama, daddy, uncle, uncle, grandma, granddaddy, big mama, big daddy made a mistake and sinned. And that's the kind of thinking that was going on. And truth be told, that same kind of thinking still happens. 
I shared with Bishop Watts uh, um, September 30th, my mom passed. We celebrated her life in the first week of October. But, but while we were there, had some cousins who reminded me, or they thought they reminded me, that, that I do not have what my oldest brother have and what my baby brother has. And they were laughing at the repast, at me. And, my, you know, they meant what they said. Yeah, cause, you know, you know why we laughing? And I, and I know the story. I said, yeah, but I just hear me. Yeah, t- tell me why you laughing. Well, Henry has something and Chauncey has something you don't have. They both got hair. Do you know why you don't have hair? Please tell me. True story. Uncle Irvin said, you don't have hair because when, when your mama was pregnant with you, she went to a club in Charlotte. Stayed out all night long. That's why you don't have hair. Information, but not the right information. And people of God, you'd be surprised how, 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 how young men, not just young men, but people in general, who, who, do, who, who will not come to the church all because of wrong information. And I don't mean no harm, but, but, but I, I suspect, not here, but in some other churches, there, there are rascals who, who would try to circumvent the leadership when they see young men coming off the corner, like the young men I work with, and they see them with their locks, wife beaters, got, got the stench of weed on them. And some, and, some, and, some, and some nice person will, will tell them, you can't come here because we have a dress code. And, and you, got, you got to take a bath before you come up in here. And, and you got to take the locks out your hair before you come here because, because this is what we believe. That's information. But it's not the right information. A young woman who got a job, got her own car, partying somewhere in Boston. Partied all night Friday night, all night Saturday night. But then she finds her way to the church. She, she still got a party dress on. Got tattoos on her neck. 
on her arms, on her legs, and some well-meaning mother. Baby, you can't dress like that in here. And they would try to cover her up. Information, but not the right information. My grandfather didn't go to anybody's church, but he told me early in my ministry, he said, he said, David, before you can clean fish, you got to catch fish. You'll get that on the way out the door. I didn't know what granddaddy was talking about then, but I have, a, I have a much better understanding of it now. If you and I want to see men and women saved and sanctified, Holy Ghost filled and fire baptized, we need to make sure we have the right information. Jesus says, nobody sinned. Nobody. Mama didn't sin, daddy didn't sin, big mama, big daddy. Nobody. But the works of the Lord may be manifest. And just as a side note, just as a side note, we see something here in this context. How Jesus brings about healing to this brother is unusual. Notice what happens. He, he takes clay, he spits, he puts it in the man's eye, and then he says, go wash in the pool of Siloam. This ain't got nothing to do with the sermon, but I thought it was very interesting. Notice what Jesus did now. He, he took dirt. He spit. Put it in the man's eye. Said, now go wash to the pool of Siloam. Now, I, I know y'all, I don't mean no harm, I know you're deep. I know you're spiritual. I get you. And I love your pastor. But I'm from Harlem. If I were to come to this altar with a whole bunch of y'all, and Bishop, and I trust Bishop, I, I love him, and he's touching people, laying hands on people, and then when Bishop get to me, you know, I, I'm, I'm a light. And he get to me, I got good hearing. If I hear something go hawk, You're deep, but if I hear hawk, Jesus say, watch and pray. My eyes will get open. And I, and I love him, but I don't know he not. <laughs> and if we're honest with ourselves, some of y'all, I'm not the only one thinking that. But how Jesus does things is unusual. Because what we think is unsanitary, Jesus takes that which we won't deal with and uses it for our breakthrough. 
Let me get out of here. I got to go. I got to go. You still have your Bibles open? So we're going to praise God anyhow. We need to make sure we have the right information, people of God. But also, if you still have your Bibles open, we see something in verses 13 through 17. Very briefly, it says that they brought him who was formerly blind to the Pharisees. Now, it was the Sabbath when Jesus made clay, opened the man's eyes. Then the Pharisees who asked him again how he had received his sight. And he told them, he put clay in my eyes, told me to wash, and I see. Verse 16, therefore some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God. Stop right there. You're not going to praise God anyhow. We got to make sure we have the right information, but also be mindful. When we talk about what the Lord has done in our lives, be prepared for people to investigate. He's in the place of the synagogue. And the religious leaders, the Pharisees, are investigating what happened. You know and I know there's a difference between having religion and have a, re a relationship with the Lord. Yeah. You and I both know that. And, and, and Bishop, I'm always amazed when I'm in gatherings among Baptists, how, how we always want to question when somebody says the Lord made a way. When I talk about what the Lord has done in my life, I'm almost, Bishop, embarrassed because I know preachers won't celebrate that. All right. Mm. <sighs> what the Lord is doing at Shallow Baptist Church of New London. What the Lord is doing through the life of your pastor and his beautiful wife. You would think all of us will applaud, but rascals, misinformed Negroes want to investigate how that happened. They, 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 you, you can tell, you can tell, you can tell a Baptist person. The Lord did it. Well, how do you know he did it? I can't explain it. I just know it was nobody but the Lord. Well, can you confirm that? They investigate. And many times, people of God, we who claim to know the Lord, instead of just minding our business, just say, Lord, I thank you for another soul. Yeah. Going to my seat. You still have your Bibles open? 
You see something else. We're going to praise God anyhow. You got to be mindful of the fact that we got to have the right information. Be prepared for investigation, but also be prepared for intimidation. Verse 20, chapter 9, his parents answered them and said, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but by what means he now sees, we do not know all who opened his eyes, we do not know. He is of age, ask him, he will speak for himself. Verse 22, his parents said these things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had agreed already, if anyone confessed that he was Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. Intimidation. The leaders, the officers, could not shake this young brother's testimony. So they got to mama and daddy. And one commentator says, most likely mom and dad were, were long-tenured members of the synagogue. And people go, you and I be, need to be clear, especially those of us who have children. Please understand. When our children do things we may not like, that's still our child. Yeah. Allow me to be transparent. Bishop. When my oldest daughter was on her way out of high school, she became pregnant. My oldest daughter, about to graduate from high school, becomes pregnant. And the church I was pastoring at the time, I won't call the name, but some of those good people said to me, we're in the office. I'm thinking, Bishop, you're going to have prayer and go to the sanctuary. They took it upon themselves, wanted to meet about my daughter who was not in the room. And they told me that what I needed to do as a father, put off the choir, put off the usher board, and she can't come back to the, after the baby's born, she has to ask for forgiveness. So, I listen. I said, now, you talking to me as her pastor or as her daddy? And one of them Negroes said to me, well, you're her father. I said, I got you. Bishop, I'm not, I'm not proud of it, but I proceeded to take off my robe. Took off my cross. So I said, as her daddy, mind your business. As her pastor, mind your business. Because what happened to my daughter happened. I still love her. She will come. She will worship. And if y'all don't like it, find somewhere else to go. Put my robe back on. Put my cross back on and said, praise the Lord. People of God, please understand, when our children are out there, 
This brother was blind in a physical sense. But many of our children and our nieces and nephews and grandchildren are blind from a spiritual perspective. And there are some rascals, not here, but in other places, who will take it upon themselves to tell us how to parent. I had a preacher tell me, I will put her out the house. A preacher. I said, man, I, I can't stay near you. Because even though that happened to my daughter, a month later, six other young women who were related to those rascals who confronted me, told me they were pregnant. I embraced them, told them their pastor loved them, told them the pastor would be here wherever they needed from their pastor. I'm a firm believer, y'all. You don't allow folk who don't know the Lord put a wedge between you and your child. I'm out, I'm going to my seat. They feared, they were afraid. They said, well, he's of age, ask him. So they went to that brother one more time, they said, listen man, just, just say, listen, just, just, just say, look, he's no good, he hang out with sinners and prostitutes, just, just, just give God glory, admit you made some mistakes and we can move on. Brother said, listen, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. But I, what I do know, I was blind. But now, I see. So here I am. I'm, I'm happy anniversary, y'all. Thank you, Bishop, for the opportunity. But, but, but we, if you're not going to praise God anyhow, there's one more thing. Found in verse 35. Verse 35 says, Jesus heard, they cast him out. And when he found him, he said to him, Do you believe in the Son of God? Brother answered, he said, he said, Yeah, who is he, Lord, that I may believe him? Verse 37, Jesus said to him, You have both seen him. It is he who was talking with you. Verse 38, then he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. If you're going to praise God anyhow, there's also an invitation. The invitation to worship. Notice the place of worship. It was not in the confines of the sanctuary. Notice the place of worship. It was not in the sacred space. But the place of worship was outside of the synagogue. Was outside of the sanctuary. Was outside of the church house. And all my brothers and my sisters, on this church anniversary, you have a right to praise God anyhow. You may be sitting next to somebody who haven't moved yet in the worship experience and look at you and dare you to move. But you need to let them know you don't know like I know what the Lord 
has done for me. And is there anybody here who have a, you don't know testimony. You don't know, but it was the Lord that picked me up. You don't know, it was the Lord that turned me around. You don't know, it was the Lord that put food on my table. You don't know, put clothes and shelter over my head. I gotta praise him. I will lift up my hands and say thank you, thank you. Is there anybody here? You can tell the Lord thank you.